Ready to dominate at the plate? Blast Baseball is trusted by more major league and college teams than any other hitting solution. The Blast sensor attaches to the knob of any bat, providing real-time feedback with every swing. Go to BlastMotion.com and enter code NOWD1 at checkout to save $25. All right, everybody. It is 9 o'clock. Let's get right into it. We do this series every Monday through Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern on X Spaces. I'm Alan Gay, and this is Now D1 Speaks. Hey, tonight we have really got a good show. We've got a coach. We've got a uh, JUCO coach, Allegheny College of Maryland. We've got Coach Han with us. It's going to be unbelievable. Hey, Coach, are you there? Yeah, what's going on? Hey, Coach Han, man. So glad you're with mm-hmm. us. This is really going to be a really, really fun night, man. I cannot wait to get into it. But before we start, kind of want you to introduce yourself, maybe go through a little bit of your background. Kind of give us an idea of your graduation year. You know, hey, man, where'd you, uh, where did you even go to high school? Where'd you end up going to college? And uh, what was your who, – who first got you into playing baseball? Yeah, so first, thanks, to, uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to this. Um, just kind of talk a little bit of baseball. It's always fun to do that. But, um, yeah, so I went to Susquehannock High School in uh, South Central Pennsylvania, I graduated in 2007, um, and then from there, I had uh, two offers to play college baseball, um, two written offers, I should say, um, and one was at Bridgewater College in Virginia, Division Three, and then one was Ryder University in New Jersey, um, Division One. so I wanted to fulfill my D1 aspirations, so I went there. Um, Graduated in four years, played all four years, started as a freshman all the way up through um, and had a pretty good career there um, and went to two regionals. So that was cool. Won the won the conference tournament twice out of the four years I was there. Uh, and then, you know, just like most people, um, my dad and my my cousin and my uncle, uh, kind of the ones that got us into baseball, or me into baseball. Um you know, we played little league and everything. My, I'm an only child, so my uh, my two cousins were like my brothers, and we kind of just did did everything together. And our dads are big baseball guys, Oriole fans. Um, so I kind of grew up liking the Orioles and um, watching, you know, or not watching, but listening and hearing about Brooks Robinson and Brady Anderson, Kyle Ripken, all those guys. So kind of that's how I kind of got into baseball, and that was always my passion and my dream, so – kind of where I was today or or, you know in it today so that's kind of what we're uh living it out you know what I mean living the dream as they say man you are living the dream congratulations so you graduated high school 2007 my gosh man you're just a baby oh my word you're so young (laughs) yeah yeah I mean I I guess I don't feel young I got three kids and they get you know I've got some gray in my beard already you know so (laughs) Hey, well, con- I don't know if that's from the kids or my team. Hey, well, congratulations <laughs> on the kids too, man. What an accomplishment. But I got to say, you. so you had, I love the way you phrased it. I had two offers and then you said two written offers. And I kind of want to talk about that. But the, but the one thing you mentioned was the D3 school, Bridgewater. So I'm telling mm-hmm. you, so you're not just an athlete. You're, you're kind of a smart guy as well. Uh, I don't know because in high school, my grades weren't great. <laughs> and then, 
you know, I was, I think I was like a two eight or something. I was just, I was a three sport guy, played basketball, football, and baseball, and just didn't think anything about the grades. And then I got into rider and, you know, I finished there with a three, seven, five. So I think once I got into college, I realized how important that was for later in life. I kind of grew up, you know, in college. It's kind of, I don't know if it's backwards, but I kind of, you know, was immature in high school and didn't really know what I was doing. And then went to college and was like, Hey, I got to get myself together. And I think that might've been the atmosphere I was in at division one, I, I think, and my coach too, just the structure and everything kind of had, you know, kind of just changed my mindset on things and priorities and what I need to do with my experience. Heck yeah, man. 3.75. My goodness. That's very, very impressive. And playing baseball all four years. So talk to us mm-hmm. just a little bit about that experience. What, all right. So you go to Ryder University. What position or positions did you play? Really, what were your strengths? And maybe what was it that you think that you just kind of needed to work on that really would have advanced your career? Yeah. So I uh, went in and I was in, went in as a third baseman. So in high school, I did a, bit, a little bit of everything. I caught a little bit, uh, pitched. Um, you know, played played pretty much all the infield positions. Didn't really play outfield, and that's kind of going to go into what my need to improve on. I wasn't I wasn't very fast. Hmm. Um, you know, I was a seven four ish runner. I mean, it's not crazy slow, uh, but it's not you know flying down the line or anything. But um, yeah, I played third for two years, and then they brought in a freshman in my junior year, and my coach was like, "Hey, you know, he's he's pretty good. Let's you know." do you want to move to first? Because if you don't move to first, then he's going to, you know, he's going to be on the bench. And I'm like, well, I want to win. So as long as I'm playing, I'll play anywhere. I don't care. So I ended up moving to first, which ended up being a good move because I actually had a micro tear in my labrum. Um, played with that for two years, basically. Um, and I was like, you know, I told myself I didn't want to go to school for five years. I wanted to be done in four. So I could have redshirted and got it fixed, but never – Never wanted to do that. I just wanted to graduate in four years and move on um, and try to play at the next level. Uh, but, um, yeah, so I played the corners there. I actually caught a couple games, too. Uh, it was like the emergency backup. Uh, and that, that was kind of crazy, uh, trying to catch with the torn labrum. I think after the first or second inning, they realized something was going on because I, could, you know, I couldn't get the ball down there as fast as I – probably should have <laughs> um, so uh they were stealing like crazy and i mean you know but i, I did did okay i mean I, I had all of uh pre-game to get ready to catch that was the extent of practice i had before i got thrown in there <laughs> i think it was versus appalachian state <laughs> wow so that was fun <laughs> yeah. man i gotta tell you a couple things that you just said right you know kind of going through your introduction and then talking about the positions that you play one what an unbelievable experience at Ryder. You had the opportunity to go to two regionals. And, I mean, that's just so huge in and of itself. I mean, what an accomplishment. What an atmosphere. I mean, that's something, you know, I am sure that you're impressing upon the guys that are playing with you all the time. You're just, you're just trying to impart upon them that type of experience. And then the second thing that you said was, hey, you were entering your junior year. Freshmen came along, probably high-level freshmen, ton of upside. Coach approaches you about playing somewhere else. And I think this is a big key in baseball, and I'd love for you to be able to touch on it. You were ready to play anywhere. 
You know what I mean? It wasn't, hey, I'm locked mm-hmm. into whatever position. This is where I feel comfortable. I know I was the best in little league. I was the best in high school at this position. I'm not comfortable going anywhere else. I think it speaks volumes about really what it says about somebody playing at a high level. They can play multiple positions and move around and what the value is there. So not so much a question, just kind of an observation. Kind of fill us in. How important is it to be versatile when you get to college? Yeah, so I mean, uh, for me, you know, we always look at – the athlete, the athlete, the whole athlete. Are you are you an athletic guy? Um, and I think if if you are a single sport guy too, um, you know I don't want to say that raises red flags or anything, but you know it just it doesn't show that you're maybe the athlete you could be if that makes sense. Um, or uh, multiple positions. If you're just a one position guy, if you could only play center field, it might be tough because a lot of guys around you could be hitting and you got to figure out a way to get some of these guys in the game. You know, at least that's my philosophy. I try to load the, the lineup with hitters. Um, sometimes we sacrifice some defense, but, um, but yeah, I mean, when I was at Ryder, I mean, I asked if I was going to play and the answer was, yeah. And I was like, well, you know, I want to win a championship because I had experienced it as a freshman there. And then we didn't get to go until my junior year again. So it actually worked out, but, um, you know, I wanted to do that again. And, and, uh, I had seen a fall and, uh, this kid that was there, um, you know, he was solid. He could help us win. So, uh, and I just, I think too, is the, the coaching staff that I had there, coach Barry Davis, he's still there actually. Um, and they went to a regional this year, give a little shout out to him. They went to a regional this year and actually beat coastal Carolina in a regional. So it was pretty, pretty awesome for them. But, um, but yeah, I think it was a, just a testament to him. It was like a selfless mentality there. I mean, no one was really in it for themselves. Like we were, we did everything together. I mean, even the, the class that I graduated with, we still talk all the time. I mean, text. I'm going. I mean, I've gone to. They've come to my wedding. I'm going to their weddings. You know, it's just one of those things, lifelong bonds. But um, you know, I think I think that's the biggest thing. Is just. Uh, there's a bigger picture than just individual success. And I know baseball is like a it's an individual game within a team basically. But, um, you know, if you can, if you can just be confident in your ability and then, you know, do what's best for the team, I think obviously it worked, you know, it, we've, we had great success there when I was there for four years. And, um, but that was just kind of my mindset always. I just, I just, wanted to win I, I hate losing so um I, wa- I wanted to win and I, if that was the best chance and I'd go over there and you know play over there but uh, if you if you can be versatile as an athlete um on the baseball field and you know it just avoids you ever having to, to sit on the bench and let somebody else play you know if you, if you can catch one game and then go play right field you know um to give your legs a break it's just a huge advantage for for players so that's kind of what I always look for is just that uh, is he athletic is basically <laughs> is basically the phrase I use all the time. That's a great phrase, man. No question about it. Mm-hmm. You got to be athletic and you got to want to win. And what a compliment to Ryder this year, knocking out Coastal Carolina. I mean, what Coastal won the national championship, what, two years ago? What was it? Three years? I can't even remember. But yeah. I mean, my, yeah, yeah, my gosh, it just kind of really shows you the competition level 
that's in baseball across the country. It doesn't matter what the division is, the ability that these kids have to play baseball and to perform is unbelievable. I love that. And I, and I love listening to you talk about, you know, kind of the commitment to going to Ryder and you're saying, Hey man, these guys are going to my wedding. I'm going to their wedding. We kind of stay in touch. What a commitment. It's not just, Hey man, it's not just about playing baseball. I mean, these are lifelong decisions. These are mature decisions, big big boy decisions that are being made. And I love the way you're mm-hmm. phrasing it. I mean, you're just putting it in terms that, Hey man, people can absolutely understand. I mean, that's, that's good stuff right there. I really want to be extremely mindful of our core audience, you know, and, and I know, you know, this coach Han. our core audience is really uncommitted high school prospects. These are guys that are just trying to figure out how do I get to the next level? And, and in saying that, talk to us just a little bit before we get into your coaching experience and so forth. Just talk to us about your recruiting experience and, and what it was that really led you to Ryder. How did that, how did that all come together? Yeah, it's actually kind of interesting. Um, I know I'm not super old, but the, the whole travel ball era and things like that just did not exist. Um, back in 2007 I mean if it did it was kind of like an elite thing like you had to be invited or or something like that or get seen by somebody and be you know asked to come play for them but um, it's very interesting because you know I played and had a pretty good high school career and I just wasn't getting the looks as I thought I should Um, and so I made the decision to not play football my senior year um, and play a you know, got invited to play in the fall travel team, I guess you could say. Um, and we just kind of went up and down the East Coast, not too crazy. I think the farthest south we went was like North Carolina or something like that. So it was like from Pennsylvania to North Carolina. Um, but basically, I didn't sign until really late. I feel like I signed in October. Um, or I don't know, it might have been early August or something. I feel like I signed him right to school. Hmm. Like it was super, super late. Um, but I think my experience was just, it's not like it is today, that's for sure. Uh, I just, I just, there was no way I felt like I could get exposure out there. Um, you know, because you could send, I think I made DV, I went out to a local field and made like a DVD of me catching, throwing, hitting all that stuff and burned it and had to send it to him by the mail. And I just never knew if they got me, you know what I mean? So it was like, I don't even know if these guys are seeing me, you know? So, uh, but lucky enough, I had uh, coach Davis got in connection with him. And then he came to a number of my high school games, my senior year. Um, and, you know, and then it was interesting because I remember distinctly he came to one game uh, and I told my coach he was coming, and then my coach pitched me during that game. <laughs> well, he wanted to see me play, you know, third base or whatever, but it was my spot in the rotation. Um, and I think after the game, he was like, yeah, we're not going to look at you for pitching. <laughs> uh, but I had a nice day at the plate, so he was like, you can definitely swing it. You're definitely not going to pitch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, so. But, yeah, I mean, my recruiting process, my recruiting was, it was honestly very – I don't want to say scarce, but I just didn't feel like I had a lot of opportunity because uh, I had that dream of playing Division One, you know, and then 
but I did I didn't just jump on it, you know, and I think that's another thing too that we can talk about for a second. I did I just didn't jump on it because it was division one. You know, I think my offer from Bridgewater was almost a full mm. uh with academic and some scholarship, you know, because even with the two seven I could still get a little bit uh, of money for division three, but uh you know, I visited both talked to both, both coaching staffs, all the coaches, you know, met some of the team, all that good stuff. Um, and it was just like one of those things where you get that feeling when you drive up to a college or something, like this is the place I want to be. It kind of, that's kind of what I got when I first got it. You know, we're driving into Ryder, me and my, my mom and my dad. Um, and that's kind of the feeling I got. But um, I really took the process as long as it could go you know, and wanted to make the best decision, um, made a pros and cons list and all that good stuff. Um, and it wasn't so much about money either. I mean, money was part of it, right? You want to get a scholarship and, and do those things. But uh, I think it was an investment. I was looking at it as an investment in my education, in my baseball, you know. So I was willing to, to go into a little bit of debt to have those experiences, and to me, it was worth it. If I can do it again, I would. <laughs> wow. That was so impactful right there, Coach Han. I got to tell you, I'm so happy we're recording this. And I got to tell you, everybody that's jumping in, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely appreciate you guys supporting Now D1 Speaks, but really supporting Coach Mason Hahn as well. Um, if you did get in late, don't worry about it. We record this space. And thank goodness we record it. And we record it for messages like we just heard. And we're going to be able to retweet this out later. And uh, that's the kind of stuff that just kind of lives out there. And, and it's a big deal. I love you sharing that. I mean, that is really, that really just kind of touches me all the way around. I love the piece about burning a DVD. I'm just wondering, you know, right. <laughs> I'm wondering how many sophomore and junior high school players are sitting here thinking, what's he talking about burning a DVD? What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't just send a link right i mean that is <laughs> yeah. such good stuff man thank you so much for sharing all that you're sharing so let me ask you something your playing career kind of you know was winding up at rider talk to us just a little bit what what did you do immediately after graduation and then what kind of led you into coaching and where all have you coached yeah so it's a uh... This could get long, so I'll try to make it short because it's kind of it's kind of a wild scenario or a wild story. Um, but obviously, after college, I wanted to play professionally. And during my first couple years, you know, I had I had some scouts and things, filled out some questionnaires, and did all that. And um, you know, after my last game at the conference championship, I believe we lost my senior year. Um, I actually made the last out in that game, but. Um, you know, that was kind of heartbreaking, but at the same time, you know, it was over and everything. And I'm sitting there listening to the draft on the radio, um, on, off the computer because they didn't even, they didn't even televise it. Um, and so I'm just sitting there and waiting, you know, I had no idea how it worked. I didn't know if they just called your name and then you got called or, or anything like that. But, um, I never got the opportunity to play. So after I got, had gotten out, I just decided I wasn't done playing. So I went and tried out for a few independent teams uh, thought I had really good workouts. Um, I'd gotten myself into really good shape. Uh, and then after that, never really had those opportunities uh, to go do that. So, I, you know, I was like, hey, I'm just maybe it's not meant for me to play. 
anymore. So I can just play some, some men's league local if I want um, just to stay in it. And then my girlfriend at the time, who's my wife currently, um, she's a little bit younger than I am, a year younger than I am. But uh, so once she got out of school, uh, her parents actually had moved to Oregon uh, and her family was from there. So, uh, you know, when, when she got a school home for her was in Oregon. So she had to go move to Oregon. So, uh, you know, her, her mom actually bought me a one-way ticket out there, um, which was interesting. I don't know what kind of message she was trying to send, but uh, <laughs> bought me a one-way ticket. And I decided I was going to go out there for a little bit um, and live. And then my family wasn't too happy about that. But, um, you know, I was a grown man and able to make those decisions. And, you know, eventually my dad supported me in those. Uh, so I went out there and actually was not involved in baseball for probably two and a half years. Um, but prior to that, sorry, I actually missed a part. Prior to that, I went to California University of Pennsylvania and got my master's degree. Mm-hmm. So before I went to Oregon, I got my master's degree at Cal U of PA in sport management uh, because I did have a thought of coaching in the back of my mind. And I knew that having a master's degree would would be the best way to, to have those opportunities. So I didn't want to limit myself if I ever wanted to coach later. So I got that master's degree, then moved to Oregon. Long story short, my wife ended up getting a job offer to coach volleyball at Davis and Elkins College in West Virginia. And so naturally, I followed. Um, but she got to fly across the country and I had to drive. <laughs> Uh, all of our stuff <laughs> and a dog. So that was interesting. Uh, so me and me and uh, our dog drove from Oregon to West Virginia. Uh, and there was a stipulation. I said, you know, or she took the jobs with the stipulation saying, you know, if I take this job, my husband needs to have a job, you know, because we don't want to have one income when we come here. Uh, he would need a job. So they actually got me an admissions counselor job <laughs> at Davis and Elkins. I had never done it in my life. And so um, I did that, and then I actually connected with the baseball coach there and started volunteer coaching. Mm. Um, in about six months, I would be a fall season. Uh, you know, I, I just – I didn't have the same views as the head coach. So rather than, you know, feel awkward or not support what he's doing, I, you know, I just said, hey, you know, I'll just – I'm going to step back. I'm going to let you do your thing. I don't want to conflict with you. Um, I never did, but then, you know, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to do that. If I didn't have the same beliefs, I just didn't want to be someone who I'm telling them this and coaches telling them that and all of that. So um, I'm walking over across campus to tell the athletic director that I'm just going to step away. And he actually calls me and he says, you're never going to believe this. The coach just uh, stepped down. And I said, oh, really? No way. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, um, you know, so now the position's open. And I said, well, that's cool. Great. And he goes, yeah, and we're going to give it to you. <laughs> and I said, uh, what? <laughs> and he said, yeah. And I said, well, that's awesome. I'll take a pay cut. I don't care. I'll do it. <laughs> you know? And so, uh, but that's kind of how I got my my first head coaching job at a Division two. You know, I, I was a GA at Cal UFPA when I was getting my master's. So I had a little bit of experience with Division two, uh, But you know, I just kind of got thrown into the fire as a Division two coach. And when I took over, we had 19 players and four pitchers. Oh, my gosh. Um, 
And I was really proud because the year before they were like seven and 30. And then we won, you know, we won 14. I think we were like 14 and 32 or something <laughs> like that. But we had doubled the wins with four pitchers. So I was kind of pumped about that. Um, and then I was there for five years. And then the COVID year was the year that it kind of shut down, um, you know, everything. And we were, it took me five years and I had us, I had us regionally ranked. You know, we were, well, I didn't really have us. It was the players, but I had put together a nice team uh, that of good, solid players. And it took five years and we, we had beaten Mercyhurst, who was number two mm. in the country at the time. Uh, Savannah State had just dropped mm. down from Division One to Division Two, and we took three out of four against them. You know, and we were regionally ranked, and we was just we were looking on the up and up, and then COVID happened. Mm. And uh, once that happened, then my wife actually took a job at Frostburg State, which is here in Cumberland or Frostburg, Maryland. And then it was like it happened all over again. The story happened mm. all over again. I got I came here, I had to get a part time job. Actually connected with Coach Reinhardt, uh, <laughs> who you had had on here before, uh, and worked for him a little bit at Personal Best. <laughs> and then I got a part-time job at Allegheny College of Maryland, uh, just like mowing grass, taking care of the baseball field, doing stuff like that. Volunteered. Same thing happened. Coach had some personal things going on, had to step away. And then I applied for the job and got it. <laughs> so it was just kind of a weird uh, events, I guess you could say. Um, and it, it's interesting because I, I just, I don't know, I don't do anything to, to undermine or do anything like that to anybody. And that's the first thing. So that's the first thing that people ask, like, what'd you do to get the coach? Like, and I'm like, no, I didn't do anything. I, just, I don't know. I guess it was just good timing, you know? That's so, so funny, man. Uh, I got to, I got to tell you, man, I'm sitting here thinking everybody's wondering, I. Right, Let's keep an eye out for that coach, Hine. If she shows up as a volleyball coach, <laughs> you better watch out, baseball guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yes. That's such good stuff. I, there were so many things that kind of popped up, and you answered them for me. I was going to ask you, so, okay, mm -hmm. let us know what your wife is doing now. I mean, obviously, you had three kids, but, hey, she is the mm -hmm. volleyball coach at Frostburg State. And then I was trying to get a mm -hmm. time frame in my mind as you were talking about it. And I was thinking, all right, so if you went to Ryder in 2007, you graduated around 2011, 2012, probably 2011, mm -hmm. I mean, you were really dialed yep. into, I am going to graduate no matter what happens. And then you go and you get your master's. So, you know, now we're 2012, 2013-ish, maybe a little bit later. Then you come back across mm -hmm. the country. I was trying to figure that out. And it started making a lot of sense when you're talking about the five years and COVID. I was like, okay. So when you got back over here, it was on the, on the East coast, that's around 2015, 2016 kind of goes right through the 2020, 2021. I'm, I'm on it. I got you, man. That is, yeah. You got the time. Heck right. yeah, man. And I love that. But I think it's just so funny that you were just the way you're phrasing it, you're just kind of, following your wife you know what i mean like wherever she pops <laughs> yeah. up hey here i am and, and guess what guys now i'm the baseball coach yeah it's kind of wild how it, it is wild crazy. And, and i love you know what coach ron hart you you started talking about him with uh allegheny college of uh maryland obviously i tell you coach ron hart i i gotta tell you that's one of the nicest people that i've ever met online i mean he is somebody 
that it, you know, for whatever reason is he is tweeting things out. I've always kind of liked the things that he puts out. I like the players that go to, to Allegheny college of Maryland and I would retweet them and, and, you know, he would just send me some of the nicest notes just of appreciation, just like, Hey dude, I really appreciate that. You know, we're trying to get guys mm-hmm. out there and I appreciate you recognizing them. And guess what? You doing that really helps them. And that kind of led me to say, I've got this little podcast, man. Would you like to come on? And immediately he was just like, shoot. Yeah, I would love to do it. And I think that just speaks volumes of kind of who he is. And, and when he came on, he did the podcast. He was unbelievable. And in the middle of it, a couple of your players, it was Kobe White and it was Noah Williamson. They just kind of sent me this direct message almost right in the middle of the, of the, um, this Twitter space. And they were like, I got to tell you, we would love to come on. There is an unbelievable story that's happening at Allegheny College of Maryland. I, I, we really want to be on. We want to talk to you. The, both these guys, are they were co-captains last year. Absolutely very, very successful. They've gone on to play D1. I think Noah's gone to Ohio State, and Kobe's gone to Stephen F. Austin. And they're just like, let us. we want to get on and tell you what's happening. And we really want to talk to you about Coach Hine. And, and really kind of the culture that's happening there. And it, it, this is a tremendous success story. And I was like, heck yeah. I was like, this is unbelievable. I want you guys on. And when they came on, and I'm, I'm kind of rambling just a little bit, but they came on. And then, you know what, coach, you, you reached out to me and you said, you know what, this is a good story. And I've got a, a lot of experience. I, I was able to play Division One baseball. I coached at Division Two, And now I'm coaching here at JUCO. I love what you're offering. I think that I could give a lot of guys that your core audience out there what it is to be successful. I would love to be a part of that. And I got to tell you, man, this is totally unsolicited. It just speaks volumes about really what JUCO baseball is all about. But even more to the point, kind of what the culture at Allegheny College of Maryland is all about. And so – as we kind of get into this, I just really want to know more about how it is that you guys are really attracting talent that is really not only D1 talent, but professional baseball, MLB talent. How is it that you're kind of attracting that type of talent, getting kids excited about being part of the program, and then what it is that you're really doing to kind of help them move to the next level as well? So. With that in mind, you know, what's the D2 level like? What's the JUCO level like? What's the difference between the two? And then what is it about necessarily Allegheny College of Maryland that is really presenting opportunities? Yeah, so, I mean, for Division II, um, first, I think the first thing that comes to mind with me is there's just a lot more rules in Division II than there are in junior college. Um, you know, I think in division two, you have 20 hours a week to practice in the off season or have any mandatory thing. So any meetings, uh, anything that you make the team do counts towards that 20 hours and you must give them two days off. Uh, and then in the spring, it actually is only one day required off, but you still only have 20 hours. So any lifting, uh, any study hall mandatory and team meetings, anything 
community service, anything like that counts towards your 20 hours a week. So that kind of limits your, in your development sometimes. And you got to find the right guys that are going to be able to do stuff on their own uh, or they're going to, are going to be motivated to, to go to the, the, the cage, you know, extra or more than what is required by, by me or the team. So I think that's the biggest thing, but as far as ba- the baseball goes, um, you know, at least from, in my eyes, uh, you know, I think our team this past year could have competed with any Division Two team in the Mountain East Conference. I'm not saying we would beat them all. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying we're better than them. I've been saying that we could compete with them. So the level of, of, of baseball you're getting, I, I don't see a very far drop from Division Two, at least the conference I was in there, and, and our regional play here. Um, you know, the only thing I would say is the, these schools are going to be a little deeper. Um, instead of having two 90 arms, they might have four. Um, instead of having two or three big bats, they're going to have six. You know, so I think – and that's just going to be based on, um, you know, money, really. How much scholarship can they offer? Can they get guys packages? Um, are they finding the guy that has the right combination of grades um, and need from their family uh, through government, FAFSA, and all that good stuff? So, um you know, I think that's the biggest thing, too, is just got to be smart with as far as a coach um, with with how you utilize your scholarships. Uh, and that was the biggest thing from going from two division two to JUCO that I had to get used to was that, I mean, the the scholarship budget that I had at D&E to, to work with was I don't want to say amazing, but it was it was good. I was like, wow, okay, I got some money that, that I can move around here and get some guys and offer guys. Whereas here at junior college, um, we're very limited, right? So we're trying to make more, we're trying to do more with less. Um, so, you know, it's, you gotta be really strategic when you are trying to recruit these players because you're not going to be offering them 65%, right? It's going to be, here's your book money or, here's a thousand dollars that I can give you, you know? So, um, and I think too, that, um, you know, sometimes that's, that makes it difficult. And, and it's for me anyway, it's really, really easy to, to know if a guy is really bought into what you're trying to do, because if he's just looking for money and the best money option, then, you know, he's not really going to be a guy that's going to be there for the team or be a team guy. He's just kind of doing it for himself. So, um, I always look for guys that are grateful, you know, when you, when you do say, Hey, I'm going to give you a thousand dollars. They're just like, Oh my gosh, coach, thank you so much. That just means the world, you know, not, not, Hey, what about two, you know? Um, (laughs) So that's one of those things that I always look for, but you know, junior college, no rule. I mean, there are rules, but uh, they're unlimited practice. I mean, you can practice, we could have mandatory practice from sunup to sundown if we wanted to. Uh, and nobody would ever come and say anything. You know, obviously I don't do that. I try to structure, well, I've tried to my first couple of years structure it more like a division two so that when they leave here, they're not, you know, wondering why they're not practicing more in a division two. You know, we, we definitely practice more than 20 hours a week in the fall. Um, you know, mandatory lifting, running, all that good stuff, long practices. Uh, but I do give them days off. Whereas I know a lot of other junior colleges, you know, no days off type thing. But I think days off are important, you know, 
in recovery, especially when you're training in the fall and trying to get yourself ready to play for the spring. Um, you know, so I try to structure like division two, um, with a little bit more practice, if that makes sense. So we practice more, uh, but it's still kind of along those lines, um, as a division two. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the main, the main thing, like I said, is just the talent, the talent level is going to be the same. I mean, at least, at least where we're getting to now. Uh, and I think the main reason that this program is kind of coming back, I guess, is because, you know, coach Bazarnik was here for 40 plus years. He was the only coach here for 40 plus years. Uh, and I'm like the third coach hmm. ever in the history of the school. So, um, you know, he kind of started down at the bottom and then kind of came up through and, you know, tons of World Series appearances. I think 50-plus guys drafted straight from here um, all the way up through. I mean, one of our pitching coordinators – or not pitching coordinators, our assistant athletic director is a pitching coordinator for the White Sox currently. Hmm. And he actually played here, coached here, you know, and then now he's back. And he's kind of an advisor, pitching coordinator slash advisor for the White Sox. Um, and he helps out a lot. So – um, and he actually recruits for us too. So he, he's his primary, one of his primary jobs is to help recruit for all the athletic programs. Um, so he sends me guys all the time, like, Hey, take a look at this guy. I found this guy, you know, scout friend of mine sent me this or whatever. Um, and so, you know, he sends me stuff all the time. That's kind of how we look and find players. And, you know, he, he's, he's like, if you like him, take him. If you don't, no big deal. We'll find more. So, but I think the tradition, you know, John Cruck played here, Scott Siebel, Steve Klein, a lot of, a lot of bigger named guys played here too. Um, so that kind of helps the tradition and things like that. And especially I mean, even with basketball too, like Steve Francis played here. I'm not, I'm not sure if a lot of people listening probably have no idea who that is. Your core audience probably has no idea who Steve Francis is. Um, but he was a point guard for the Rockets, you know, in the nineties and he played, he played basketball here. So it's a big basketball, baseball school. Um, and I think, I think too, it's just the tradition alone, you know, is, is what helps us, uh, recruit and things like that. But also too, you know, having just getting a kid, like, let's say I get a kid from South Carolina. Um, you know, he has a good experience, goes back home, tells all of his buddies, word gets out. Then all of a sudden now people, in South Carolina and know where Allegheny College of Maryland is. So it's kind of like that word of mouth marketing type thing. Um, and I think that helps too, because we have a huge reach of, uh, you know, recruiting where we go and look, find guys, you know, guys from New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, you know, all over um, Maryland, you know, you got guys in Maryland too. Um so I think that that's another reason why you're going to see a lot of these, or at least our program kind of coming back um, is they put a lot of emphasis in, on baseball here and, and, you know, and basketball, but baseball and basketball are the two, two top sports here, I guess you could say. And, and so we got a lot of support. We just got a brand new field, outfield, infield, everything brand new with irrigation. So, you know, when guys come in and see construction, I'm sure you've heard that when you go to college and see <laughs> construction, you know, that's a good sign, right? So, uh, you know, when we're making upgrades and things like that, and I think too, and I know I get long winded, but, um, 
and I think too is just kind of the the way I run it here. I run it as a one year program. So what I mean by that is, if you're a freshman and you come in out of a killer year, uh, and you get an offer from somewhere, and maybe it's your dream school, maybe it's not, uh, but you feel like that's your best offer and you want to go, I, you know, I I shake your hand and say go and congratulate you, you know, because if I don't and I say no, you committed to me for two years then that opportunity that you just had is gone next year because they're going to fill your spot with somebody like you or not, or maybe they keep your spot, but they give your money to somebody else. So in my mind, it's junior college is for that purpose is to develop and get you to a better opportunity. So why, or who am I to tell you that you can't take a better opportunity for yourself? (laughs) You know, um, or try to make you feel bad for wanting to do so. Um, when I tell guys all, this all the time, I'm really competitive, but I don't, I don't do this job, especially at, well, at a junior college, I don't do this job for wins and losses under my name. You know, I, I do it to, for guys like Kobe and, and Noah and, and other players, maybe, you know, that get to move on. Um, and the USC, you know, we had a lot of guys go and play this year after this year. And that was the biggest success, regardless of wins and losses in my eyes. Um, you know, we had we were able to help those guys move on and have the opportunity to play. And that's that's the point of junior college. Um, and you're impacting guys' lives. And that's kind of what coaching is, you know. I do know. Man, I'm so happy with tonight, Coach Han. I got to tell you, this is really a special night. I love that you're long-winded. I love the way you put that in there. But I got to tell you, I'm a dad with a baseball son that went through the recruiting process. He played college baseball. And I got to tell you, I'm eating this up because you're the type of coach that I want him. I, I would have wanted influencing my son. I mean, there's no question about it. I love the way you're talking. I mean, you're a young guy, but you're super level-headed. You're at a great school with tremendous tradition. You're, you're only the third head coach, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you're talking about, you know, the field, they're making renovations. That's the rock, right? I mean, they're making yeah. renovations to a really special place. And there's tons of t- tradition. You've had big-time athletes. I did not realize that John Cruck came through there. I mean, John, I mean, you know, it's about yeah. one of the best baseball hitters that's ever played the game. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's big-time stuff. You know, I love this. I'm, I'm so happy you're long-winded. I got to imagine that – any parent that's kind of dialing in and listening to what you're going to be saying, they're going to be saying, yeah, you know what? I think I could absolutely trust my son with uh, Coach Han. This is big stuff, man. I love it. A couple of things I want to ask you about that you did touch on. You know, D2 typically has, you know, nine to ten scholarships somewhere in that area. It's kind of partial scholarships, so forth. But you also mm-hmm. kind of made reference that the junior college maybe is a little bit less. So how do you, how do you make, you know, how do you make more with less? How, what is it that you're doing to really attract kids to come here and, and also kind of give us an, just a general sense of what is the roster size when somebody shows up? Yeah. So generally we carry between 36 and 40 guys um, and we don't make any cuts. So, I don't go any over that or I don't go, you know, any less than that. Usually I like to be around 36 
that's a really good number. But 40 is good, too, if, if we're rebuilding or something and we need some guys to compete and get after it. Because uh, always what happens is you're going to have injuries. You're going to have guys who just don't, don't follow through in the classroom. And they kind of weed themselves out. So you end up getting yourself down to 36, you know, 38 without even having to, to do anything as a coach. You know, so some of those guys do that to themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like – that's a fair number, I think. We try to keep around 20 arms for same reason. You know, it's injuries, wear and tear, uh, making sure guys get proper rest between starts and things like that, but then having quality arms to go out when they have to rest. You know, so it's it's one of those things why, you know, you get more, more pitching, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – I'm trying to remember – the question you had asked before that <laughs> just like generally <laughs> how do you really do yeah. more with less i think that was kind of the way yeah, you yeah. put it yeah so you're you're looking for high academic kids right so if you have high academic kids they obviously get a little bit more money academically and then you're not having to um you know give them as much uh money for for athletics uh and we have a scholarship book at ac which i tell every recruit of ours about this um, and it's basically a, like a 110 page book and you can go through there and you can apply for any scholarship in there you want. And a lot of them have requirements like writing, writing a paragraph about something or, you know, giving a presentation about something and you can do that and earn money. I mean, I had my first year when I took over here, we had a, a student athlete who, you know, he got like six scholarships from that book and ended up paying like $2,000 a year to go here. And huh. I didn't have to give him any money, you know. So um, I always tell guys, too, that, you know, we try to go with the pitching is where we try to put our money, you know, because that's obviously yeah. one of the more important positions. Sure. Um, so you're you're really doing more with less based on um, – trying to gain the student athletes trust that you're going to help them move on to the next level. Uh, because, you know, and I always tell them too, like I said, in the beginning, it's an investment, you know, you're, you're investing your money wisely now so that you don't have to pay later. So, you know, like Noah and Kobe, you know, getting scholarships, not having to pay very much to go to school after they left here. Um, you know, may have had to pay a little bit to go here. Like someone like Noah still had to pay money to go here, you know? Hmm. Um, and it, it was, you know, I didn't give them a lot of money to be here, you know? So, um, and I think too, it's, it's just being smart with how you utilize it because I can split up money based on semester. So like if I'm giving you a thousand dollars, I can give you a thousand in the fall or a thousand in the spring, or I can split up 500 and 500. So a lot of it is incentive based. Um, I tell guys this when we're, when we're recruiting them, like, right, yeah, I have money for you, but I want to see how you do in the fall. What kind of teammate hmm. are you? What, how are your grades? Are you going to be on time? Are you going to be doing all the things right? Because I don't want to give you this money based on a workout you had last summer with me, you know? Yeah. Talent wise, you're there for sure. You know, but um, I'm going to wait and see. And then if I, if you do what I think you you're capable of, I'll give you all the money in the, in the spring. You know, so um, that's something unique, I think, with us um, compared to Division Two that you just don't have that option D2. You know, you have to give them the money and they spread it out over the year. But here I can allocate it to semester. So uh, well, a lot of times I'm doing that. Um, 
And then there's guys that I just – I think I have a connection with when I recruit them and uh, I have a good relationship with them that I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to give you half and half and we're going to ride ride with that. So um, I, I don't know. I, I think, too, it's just I, you got to build relationships. And I think that's mm-hmm. the other thing. That, I think that's how you do more with less is that you really build, build those relationships and, like you said, make – make parents feel like they can trust them and their kid to you and they're going to be taken care of. Uh, no doubt. It's more, it's more than just baseball, you know, um, especially if a kid's coming from like Florida or something and you're basically their dad, you know, away from, from home, you know? So, um, yeah, I think, I think that's the thing that I'm, I learned too when I was at Dean, he had a really good athletic director who kind of taught me that it's not all about winning all the time, which I, assumed it was when you got into college coaching because you know you see all these stories like so and so got fired because they didn't win or whatever you know so i thought well i got to go in and win and then <laughs> he was like no it's it's more about retention and you know building relationships and i've kind of used that um as you know ever since then and i think that's why a lot of guys have pretty good experiences here um not saying everybody does because not everybody can play, right? So some guys don't have a great experience just because they maybe don't get enough playing time as somebody mm-hmm. else did. So uh, it's unfortunate, but, I, you know, I, I treat everybody the same. You know, if, if you're the starter, if you're the starting third baseman, you get the same treatment as the third star, you know. Uh, and I can tell you countless times, you know, guys would walk by my office last year hey can you throw me vp and i teach at the college too so i'm like in between classes i'm like i only got 15 minutes and i'll throw you <laughs> you know you know so it was like it didn't matter who it was if it was a star hitter or if it was the backup it didn't matter uh and then there were some times i was just like no i really can't like i'm swamped <laughs> right now i gotta grade this or whatever you know i can't i can't come through I got to go to um, volleyball and, practice. I can't do yeah, that right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's just—it's amazing to me that, and I'm—I'm I'm just going to say this. It might—it might offend some guys, but this is something for these younger guys on here that this is a good piece of advice for you. Learn how to throw batting practice yourself, <laughs> so you and your buddies can go hit on your own. <laughs> you know, you don't need a coach to throw you BP all the time. You know, I threw when I played at Ryder, all we did was throw BP to each other. The coach never was involved. You know, nowadays they always want the coach to throw to them. And it's like, guys, you don't need me to throw to But you know, you, hey, you know why <laughs> they want you doing it. Well, I mean, yeah, I throw my right? BP, but that's okay. And that's fine. But it's like, you can still get your work in. You don't need me to throw, you know? So, no, but it, it's, and it's, you know, I, I have fun. We like to have fun. And, I think that's the thing, too. I just try to have relationships with each guy. I think that's super important. It is important. Extremely important. This is such an awesome night. I keep saying that, but I am really thoroughly enjoying this. I mean, you are just a very real, hey, you're just a real person, and you're just kind of putting it out there, and this is the way you're running your program. And I got to tell you, you know, without having a survey, I got to believe everybody that hears this is absolutely going to appreciate it. I mean, this, this is big time stuff. So thank you. So let me ask you, you know, how, you know, how can a prospect really get on your radar? I love some of the things that you were talking about with the um, kind of what their makeup is. It's not always about winning, losing. 
you know, I got to imagine if you go and watch somebody play in a high school game, you know that that guy can already play. There are other things that you're looking at. You're, you're really checking out his makeup. So what is it that kind of puts him out there as, you know what, this is the kind of guy that I want representing the school. And then what are a couple of things that maybe just really turn you off? Like, you know, this, I don't care how talented he is. This is, this is just not a good fit. Yeah, so um, for me, I always have to see you play in person. I will never, I would never just recruit a guy based on video. So video will get you noticed, right? So if you send me an email or something or connect with me on field level or any of those other uh, recruiting apps, I'm not a big NCSA fan, but I mean, I do use it occasionally, but, uh, or PBR or any of those, I like those. Um, but if I see a video on there, that's going to spark my interest to see you in person. Um, and so I always want to meet you in person. I always want to meet your family, all that good stuff. And I think one thing that I've learned, um, over the years is how you interact with your, your parents, right? So if you, if you, if you are disrespectful or not giving your parents the respect that they need or speaking them in, to them in a way that seems like putting them down or anything like that, because sometimes it happens. I mean, I can only imagine how you're going to treat me as a coach, right? So I think that's another thing that I'm big on is the interaction between son and, and parent. You know, I think it's important, um, you know, and even in high school games, uh, I, I sometimes during games, I, I don't want the distraction of the third baseman's dad, you know, by the dugout. And so it's no big deal. Like I, I, I'm a guy who will talk. And it's, it's fine, but there is um, a little bit of, of that going on, too. So if I see some of that uh, during the recruiting process, it's not a deal breaker because um, ultimately I'm, I'm dealing with the son, not, not the parents. Right. So even though they're a big part of it, uh, of what they're doing, um, you know, it's just I think how they communicate with their parents is one. Another one is how they look. Uh, if I ask someone to come for a workout are their pants clean? Are there, is their shirt tucked in? Uh, do they look like a baseball player or are they showing up in flip flops and sandals and then throw their spikes on, you know? So it's a lot of that stuff. Um, now pitchers, obviously sometimes, uh, they ask, Hey, can I just throw in shorts today? And, and sometimes, you know, when it's like 90 and 85% humidity, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. You know, I'm not out here trying to kill you or anything, but, um, that happens too. Uh, I just, and also if I get along with you, cause I have to get along with you, you know, I'm going to be around you every day and I'm going to talk to you every day. And if you're someone that it's hard to talk to, um, it might not be a fit. Uh, and really, honestly, and I'm not just saying this, like, I mean this, it's hard for me not to like somebody to be honest. Cause I just, I'm just, a, I feel like I'm just a happy guy all the time. You know, uh, I have my days, but, um, you know, if you're just respectful and my thing is being on time, uh, you gotta be on time for me. And that's, you know, that's one of my things, tardiness, you know? And so, uh, and I treat this and I try to teach life lessons during this stuff too. Um, you know, you're not going to show up late to work and then still think you have a job, you know, after a couple of times. So, um, we're trying to, to do that, but, um, 
you know, throwing equipment, stuff like that, obviously are turnoffs too um, during high school games and things like that. But I like having personal workouts with recruits because I can get one-on-one action with them. Um, and really, and I, another thing I do when, when guys visit is I actually coach them during the visit. And I don't think coaches do that. Uh, I'm not afraid to make a tweaks or adjustments to a recruit that's visiting and taking batting practice. Um, if I see something, I try to adjust it and help. Um, and I think one of our recruits that's coming this year, he's going to be a freshman. He had said when he committed that that was the number one reason why he wanted to come was because I was coaching him and he wasn't even committed yet, <laughs> you know? And Shoot, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's not about, you know, and I don't do that to try to get commits. I'm doing that because I genuinely want to help somebody. Um, you know, and I have my philosophies and things like that. Like, I'm not a big launch angle guy, swing-wise. Um, I, I am if you can hit it out, <laughs> you know. <laughs> if, if, you can, if you're strong enough that the, a top spin home run, then, then, yeah, you can do it. Uh, but I think, I think that, in my opinion, nowadays you're seeing a lot of of that being taught at the lower levels and it's fine and it works if you're strong enough to do it, but it shouldn't be taught to guys who can't hit the ball for power. You know, if I have a little guy that's, you know, five eleven, runs a six, three sixty, um, you know, he's 140 pounds soaking wet. I'm not teaching him launch angle. I'm teaching him to bunt, hit the ball on the ground, put the ball in play, um, you know, get on base, you know? And I think, it's just doing college baseball a disservice to trying to teach everybody to hit up in the air. Um, yep. You know, and I, and 90% of the balls, probably 98% of the balls at this level and up get caught. And I bet you 85 get caught and one better on the ground, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like I'm old school backspin swing down on the ball type, type mindset. So I, that's gotta be, something that a guy has in their swing as well you know so yep and i love that everything that you just talked about and just kind of working backwards i'm thinking about you know probably one of the big things if you're coaching a guy you want to see if he's coachable Mm -hmm. and i I think that's a big piece i mean i I get it that you're you kind of there's a couple of things that you like to coach but you want to know that guys that are coming in are coachable you know and and if they aren't Hey man, they may struggle wherever they go. So I, I get that a hundred percent. I think that's a great way to kind of get a feeling for who they are and if they're going to fit in. And I love, I, I mean, again, it's because I'm a dad, obviously, but I love the way you were talking about, Hey, how do they interact with their family? You know, and this is a big thing. And I think it's kind of a, a lead in to what I preach about this podcast that we do. You know, I think that, College coaches absolutely know if they show up to watch somebody play, that kid can absolutely play. It is, you know, what is their makeup all about? And I think this is what this show really presents an opportunity for uncommitted high school prospects to say, hey, this is my makeup. This is my GPA. This is the way that I treat the weight room. This is the way I treat the community. These are the people that are involved in my life, and this is how I thank them, and I appreciate what it is that they're doing. And, Coach, i got to tell you, I'm a stand-up person. And if you see me as as a potential to represent your school, I am telling you 
you don't have to worry about me off the field. You can really concentrate on baseball. When we show up on the field, let's talk about baseball and, and how we're going to get better and how we're going to win baseball games. And I got to believe, I think at least, I got to believe that's really, you would probably much rather focus on winning baseball games and getting better baseball players as opposed to, oh my goodness, let me talk to whatever counselor about Johnny that's not showing up for class because of whatever reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I think makeup is a big piece. I love the way you kind of walk through that. And I'm, you know, I think that speaks volumes as to uh, why kids need to be stand up kids. You you know, you got to be well rounded if you really want to go and play at the next level. It's not just about talent. So, hey, Again, everybody that's joining, thank you so much. We absolutely appreciate it. Thank you for supporting Now D1 Speaks. Thank you for supporting Coach uh, Hine. Again, we record this space, and one of the reasons we obviously record it, we turn it into a podcast, it's Now D1 Speaks. I got to tell you, it's a pretty popular podcast. There's a bunch of coaches that are out there now listening to it. They subscribe to it. They're interested in the prospects that come on here and the potential they may have at the next level. So if you enjoy it, I would absolutely appreciate it if you'd go out there and find us, subscribe to it. And uh, if you wanted to give us a five-star, I would absolutely not tell you to do it. You know what I mean? Do it. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's right. So let me ask you something, Coach. I want to know about some of your current players. We've, we've kind of talked about Noah and Kobe just a little bit. How involved are you with sophomores and and freshmen that are really wanting to kind of transition to another level? I mean, are, are you involved in helping them with that recruiting process? Or are you more dialed in to, you know what, guys, y'all go figure it out. I know I got to replace you and I'm just recruiting for incoming people. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, me and the staff, me and coach Ron Hart and my other coach, coach Tipton are, are pretty involved in, in the process for sophomores. Uh, but ultimately I tell the, every player this too, a um, little bit of a disclaimer. I tell all the players that they are responsible for themselves being recruited. And what I mean by that is performance. Um, and then it even gets into a bigger picture when you're looking at team, right? Because what four year coach is going to want a player from a team that doesn't know how to win? Um, you know, and I think that and I think when I was at the division two level, I was looking at the, the top Juco teams, like I want guys from those teams because they know how to win and we're trying to turn it around here. Same thing for us. So I think that's the biggest thing is nobody wants to to get a player from a junior college that doesn't win. Uh, secondly, it's all about your performance on the field. Um, you know, you have to you have to put up the numbers. Unfortunately, that's just part of our our game and and what people look at are the metrics and the numbers uh but once all that happens uh you know we are we're pretty involved in in all of our guys at least getting their names out there we do a scout day every fall uh where we video record everything so we record the 60 bp infield get all the metrics velocity swings you know velo all that good stuff exit velo um, and then we actually, Coach Reinhardt puts together uh, clips, so YouTube clips of each guy. He'll put their name on it, position, 
Then he sends out an Excel spreadsheet with their major, GPA, hometown, position, height, weight, and then YouTube clip. Uh, and basically says, you know, he separates it sophomore, freshman. Um, but he sends it to every coach that he knows. You know, I give him all the coaches I know, send it to them. And they can go on there at their leisure and click. So if they need a picture, they can look at all of our pictures and watch the videos. Uh, and there's contact information's on there. Uh, but also, too, you know, I, I have each kid um, come in and, and write down some schools that they want to go to. Dream schools, it can be anything. You know, if you want to go to Vanderbilt, put it on there. You know, um, put put the dream schools on there, and then we'll narrow them down. Uh, and, you know, I've had these conversations with a lot of guys, too, is, you know, I want to go back to one. I want to go back to Division One. And I'm like, you know, we, we can do that. You know, we can try to get you there, but you want to play. You want to go somewhere where you're going to play. It's just like your decision to come here. You came here because you wanted to play. Give yourself an opportunity to go somewhere else. So, you know, one, two, or three, it doesn't, you know, baseball is baseball. You, you know, it, it's going to be all relevant to where you're at. You know, you can go play Division One and realize, man, some of these schools could probably, you know, lose or get beat by Division Two. you know? <laughs> so um, it doesn't, you know, baseball is baseball, man. And, and you got to have the experience and you got to be able to, play i know you hear that all the time but that's that's what you but what's that's what needs to happen but um we're super involved uh we you know when <laughs> i know when Noah was uh looking for you know schools here towards the end i was getting phone calls like five or six a day from guys asking about them giving me wanting me to give them a rundown on him and what kind of character does he have and this and that. And that's the other thing too. It's hmm. I try to tell my guys this. I think baseball is the last topic they ask about when they call me, you know, it's, it's what kind of guy is he? What kind of character does he have? What's his grades? How does he act off the field? How does he act on the field? How does he interact with teammates? Oh, by the way, does he, what does he throw? Does he throw 90? Does he throw, you know, whatever. It's always, baseball is always on the back burner because, they're calling me because they know you're good at baseball. <laughs> you know, they, they don't need to know about that. They want to know about the other stuff. Um, and that's where the on the field stuff kind of takes over. Right. So if you do your part on the field, then you get noticed. Then they call me or coach Reinhardt or coach Tipton and get the, get the lowdown on you. And then after that, then they got to make the, the decision, you know? So, um, but yeah, no, we're, we're super, super involved in all of the recruiting um, for all of our guys incoming and outgoing. I can believe it. I mean, it's, I mean, and it's circular. I mean, it's good. It's good for the program for you to help guys move to the next level as well. I mean, that, that absolutely is going to help you recruit new guys coming in because you want to be able to say, Hey, look at the success we've had. So it makes a ton of sense. Mm -hmm. So let me, let me kind of ask you like, just last year, you know, off that team, however many guys you had on the roster that were able to move to, to another level, how many guys left Allegheny College of uh, Maryland and, and are now playing somewhere else as either a junior or a sophomore? Oh, man. I mean, I think we placed every sophomore except maybe two. Hmm. So I want to say we had – 
I believe we had 17 or 18 sophomores, I believe. And so we had, you know, play 16 of them. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And then I think Coach Reinhardt put a tweet out um, recently about how much scholarship money guys that we had given, you know, that we had sent, how much money they actually were given. Like he had a total. <laughs> he, put a, he put a wild tweet out saying like, of the guys we sent on, they've gotten, you know, two hundred and some thousand dollars worth of scholarship. Unbelievable. You know, unbelievable. So, I, I mean, love we've it. Ranged, we've ranged from one to twos, um, you know, threes, everything like that. So we've got guys going everywhere. I mean, y'all have got a tremendously successful program. I mean, you're putting down just a fantastic track record. There's no question about it. So it it kind of leads me to the next question that I really have with for you and that's just the current state of recruiting you know i mean so much has changed here over the last couple of years you know you look at the d1 the contact rule changed you know now it's august 1st your junior year you look at the transfer portal you, you've got nil that's kind of floating around i mean every the, the college recruiting landscape has tra- changed drastically over just the last couple of years what is it that you see that, you know, benefits you at ACM and maybe, you know, some changes that you would like to see? Yeah, I mean, uh, the transfer portal actually helps us, uh, you know, sometimes because we get those kickbacks that maybe don't want to go to a four-year and they want to go to a JUCO for a year or two uh, to play and, and go. Um, but I mean, just recruiting in general, it's just different now, right? You just, you, you used to, I think when I was at d or when I was, no, let's go back to when I was being recruited. Like the only way to get to see, get seen was if someone came to watch you, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and now there's just so many platforms. Uh, I mean, I coach Reinhardt and I joke all the time, like, we don't need to do anything. We just go on Twitter and we can find our whole team, you know? And it's like the social media and stuff. You could find your whole team on Twitter if you wanted. Um, but I think, you know, it's just, I think it's, it's crazy to, you know, to see how far we've come and that, you know, people want to make offers to guys about skiing them, you know, and, and things like that. And that to me, that's just crazy. I don't, I don't know if anybody does that, but, I know there were a couple schools that have never seen some of our guys play except for video that we, we got moved on, you know, and then they're taking a shot on them based off the numbers and, and my word, you know, but um, that's just, I, I don't know. I just like to see people in person. Um, and another thing too is I think, and, and this could be contradictive to, to what travel ball means or is, but I think too now, there's just so many travel ball organizations out there now. Um, I think it's just it's just becoming like too flooded with with travel ball teams. Like every weekend, going to a tournament and travel ball and playing five or six games every weekend. It's great for the kids because they're playing. Um, but as a, as a coach, you know, if I need a right-handed pitcher, um, you know, and I, I want to watch a guy play, and he. You know, one weekend he's in New York, the next weekend he's in North Carolina. And, you know, it's just <laughs> it's hard for for me to go out and watch that guy um, and to play. You know, especially because uh, of 
in my opinion, the travel ball is is more of the it's more of a showcase ball, if that makes sense. Um, it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's about team camaraderie and winning and losing. Now, you know, obviously there are teams that are, they all get along. A lot of times they know each other, maybe from other high schools they meet up and play and this and that. But um, that's kind of why I like high school. You know, if I go watch somebody, I like to watch high school. Um, or like a, or a prep school. There's some prep schools around here that I've gone and watched, uh, post-grad schools, uh, you know, just to get a feel for, for somebody and who they are. Uh, but I think that's why, you know, for me, if, if you as a player uh, are interested in a school, taking a visit's the, the number one indicator to the coach, I think, that you're interested um, if you're not interested in a visit, I think too, it's really important for you just to communicate that with the coach. Um, I think most coaches would agree with me that, uh, they don't like to be strong, strung along and then told no at the end or make, you know, they don't want to be felt like you're interested, you're interested, you're interested. And then all of a sudden you're like, Nope, I'm going here. I would rather you just tell me you're not interested in the beginning of the process. So I don't have to spend <laughs> as much time, you know, um, like if you visit and you don't like it. I would rather you tell me that than, than not be honest with me. Like, Hey, listen, I don't like the area, you know, um, it just doesn't seem like for me, you know, I wasn't a fan of your facilities. I really appreciate the opportunity, but I'm going to go somewhere else. Okay. I can live with that, you know, but don't string, don't string coaches along if you're at the last second. <laughs> Say, Oh, I'm going to go here. That's <laughs> like, okay. Now, but I mean, obviously if there's, if you, if we're like your one or first choice or second choice and you're kind of trying to pick between one or two, that's different. But I've, I've experienced it multiple times where I've, I just get a feel like I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to get this guy. And then all of a sudden he never was really interested, you know? Mm. And it's just like, man, I wish I would have known that two months ago. I probably could have given his money to somebody else and got them <laughs> earlier. You know, it's just, um, but yeah, recruiting portal, all that good stuff. The the portal is it's crazy, um, and I think you're going to start seeing more people go the more coaches at the four years going for a JUCO guy who with experience. Um, I know we had talked earlier about that. Just um, you know, having uh, a guy who actually has playing experience over maybe someone who went to Tennessee or something like that and never played, you know. Are they going to yep. want to take a shot at him, or are they going to want a guy who's established? Yep. Um, and you're going to start seeing that, I think, more. Yep. I couldn't agree more. I think you're 100% right. This is like a crazy dating app anymore or something like <laughs> that. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. it's just kind of nuts the way it all works out. I mean, what a great rundown all the way. I, I absolutely appreciate everything that you're talking about. And, uh, I mean, college recruiting has changed. It's changed tremendously. But there's still so much opportunity for high school kids. You know, I, I do like the D1 rule with the, uh, the later contact. I, I think it is good. I think the kids, you know, if you're in eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade, you do need to be working on developing your game without the pressure of my friend just committed somewhere ridiculous. You know what I mean? You need to be thinking more about how do I just get bigger, faster, stronger if this is what it is that I really want to do. So I think there's a lot of advantage to that. I, and I do agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying. I, you know, one of the things 
that Noah Williamson in particular has said when we were interviewing, I just love that comment that he made. He goes, you know, he had some D1 offers coming out of high school. It wasn't necessarily exactly the right fit. And so he decided to take a kind of a gamble on himself. And he went to ACM and he was like, I wanted to go to junior college because I felt like the leverage was on my side. And I, I've, I've thought about that so much. I was thinking that was such a mature comment and such a so much bravado to it as well, but he backed it up. But it was like, let me go and prove myself and let's see what happens. And, and, and if I do it, then, then I've got opportunities at the college level that will still be in front of me. I'll also have draft opportunities that are in front of me. And, and if I'm able to perform, they're there. And if I'm not able to perform, you know what? I probably shouldn't have gone wherever I was thinking I could go out of high school. And I thought that was just so unbelievable. And, you know, and, and it played out for him. It obviously worked for him and he had an opportunity, you know, now he's going to Ohio State and, you know, and he kind of played that out. So I think junior college just really affords high school kids so many opportunities. And, and you know, and I, and I hope that guys aren't overlooking that. I hope there's not that D1 or bust you know, so to speak, that that's the only thing that I can do. And if I don't get that social media clout, then gosh, somehow I'm a failure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, one thing before uh, we move on was like, I just want to touch on is, is with Noah in the junior college, his, his mentality was just the way it needs to be for, for junior college, right? Like nobody was going to give him anything. Like if he was going to do anything, it was going to be because of himself earning it. You know, and, and then obviously we helped him get connect him with certain coaches and things like that. But he had put in the work and had the mentality of of doing it and earning it himself. I think sometimes you run into, um, well, I went to junior college. I, you know, they're supposed to get me somewhere, type thing. And and a lot of times, you know, yeah, we we try, we bust our butts to try to help you. But at the end of the day, you have to put up the numbers. You have to work hard. You have to get the grades. You have to have you know, be a good person on and off the field. Um, you know, so if some of those boxes are unchecked, I mean, there's not a whole lot we can do for you, right? So, um, you know, I will make the call, but I'm going to be honest with coaches. And I tell people that all the time, our guys on our team, like, you know, if a coach calls me and asks me a question, I'm not putting my reputation on the line for future players by telling them something that's not true, right? I'm going to tell them exactly what you are, who you are, how you are, you know, and if it's, if you're afraid of what I'm going to say, then you have the power to change it, you know? Hmm. So, um, hmm. we try to help them grow up that way sometimes too, you know, it's just, that's part of the process of being a coach. Man, that's good stuff. I've got to ask you, you know, I just kind of went through Noah's progression. You know, mm-hmm. I was looking through some of the stats and obviously Kobe, Kobe White was on as well. And Kobe's a, fantastic talent you know i mean big time center fielder for you ton of speed he's got an opportunity now to go to Stephen f austin but i was looking through some of his stats and i gotta ask you coach one thing that really surprised me i mean it's a good thing and a bad thing he stole home a couple of times but it was only a couple of times yeah were you holding him back or, or what happened no no so i remember both of them exactly uh we were playing uh frederick 
Uh, we were playing Frederick one time last year, not this this year, but the past year. Uh, and there was a big righty on the mound, just over, took his hands over his head, big slow delivery. And Kobe gets over there to third. I think he stole second, then advanced to third or stole third. He might have, he might have stole both. I don't remember. Um, but he got the third. And first thing he does, most of the time, this is the first thing he says to me is, you know, hey, I'm, let me go, let me go. I'm like, no, you're not going to go. You know, it's 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 the it's the sixth inning in the seventh inning game, and we're down by three. Like, you're not stealing home, dude. All right, just just calm down. Um, but in this case, it was versus Frederick, who's one of the powerhouses in our conference. So, um, and it was a big game. And I feel, I feel like we were, we just, I, I think I just felt like we didn't have momentum at this point in the game. And, you know, like any, anything, I was just getting the time from home plate to, to the catcher, like when the pitcher throws it in, right. I'm trying to get a time. And I'm like, Hey, if he's within this range, like we're going to roll. And you're like, really? I'm like, yeah. So, and he goes, well, you know, every time I steal home, I've never been caught. Yeah, I know, I've stole a whole bunch in my life, but I've never been caught. I'm like, all right, well, don't let today be the time you get caught. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I gave him the go ahead. He actually stole home pretty easily. And then, and then this past year, same thing. Um, you know, we had uh, a righty up, and and all this, all all this, by the way, is not communicated with the batter, which is number one, the bad thing, because like this, dude, they could they could swing. You know, it's just I think Kobe when. Frederick, we played Frederick, a lefty was up, so he had like a, a path to get in there, but last year we were playing Westmoreland at home, and a uh, big righty was up, and I just, I have a video of it somewhere. He's running down a line, you just hear him saying, don't swing, don't swing, don't swing. <laughs> you know, and then he slides in safe, but, uh, but yeah, he's done it twice since being here. It's pretty cool. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, Kobe's got that infectious uh, personality. I can absolutely appreciate him probably talking you into, hey, guy, let me do this. I'm going to make it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard, it's hard uh, to not say yes to him sometimes because you know, he's just a good dude. He's done everything the right way. You know, and I'm going to miss him. But me and him talk on the regular, so that's going to be – I think that's going to be good. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll be asking me about – stuff that happens down at Stephen F.A. Austin. So, Hey, that um, is awesome. That speaks volumes yeah. of you and, and the relationships that you have with your players. Again, man, this has just been an awesome night, man. I mean, you know, it's so funny. I mean, for everybody that's kind of dialed in, I mean, Coach Hine and I, I mean, we don't know each other. I went through it earlier as to how we got connected. I think it's awesome that he was just like, you know what, I think I could help out a couple of the guys and your parents that listen to this show. I've got a great perspective. And he reached out to me. I was like, this is unbelievable. And, uh, and, and we shared maybe one email or something like that. And then I called him today just to give him an idea of how to get on this space and make sure that we could talk and do all this stuff. I mean, we don't know each other. And I got to tell you, man, I am just so impressed with you, Coach, all the way around. I mean, you are just a – hey, you're just a stand-up person. I mean, and you can pick up on that kind of thing very, very quickly. And I've, I touched on it earlier. Hey, I'm a dad. I had a, I've got a baseball son. He went through the entire process. He, you know, he played college baseball. He's through with his career. But I got to tell you, you're exactly the kind of person that um, that parents would trust. There is just no doubt about it. I wouldn't even hesitate if my son came to me and said, "You know what? I think I want to go junior college, and I want to go up to uh, Maryland." 
I'd be like, at first I'd be like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then if I, had, <laughs> and then if I had an opportunity to talk to you, I mean, you're, I tell you what, you're the kind of guy that can absolutely help kids develop in their life. And as you talked about earlier, it's not always about baseball. I mean, it is, where are you going to go in the next 40 years of your life? That's what you always, you know, you kind of hear. It's not a, and I know that we're talking about junior college, but you always hear it's not a four year decision. It's literally a 40 year decision. And I think about Mm -hmm. your experience when you were in college and you just touched on it. Hey, we go to each other's weddings. We want to know about when kids are being born. I mean, for our core audience, this is big stuff, man. It's not about the first coach that says, hey, I think you can play baseball. I mean, you really you really need to kind of look at it. And it's not always about, oh, my goodness, it's the D1, whatever. I mean, you really, really need to look about what the opportunities are and what it will do for you for the rest of your life. And I got to tell you, Coach Hyman, man, you are just an impressive, impressive person, man. I am so happy that you've been on. I'm really thrilled that Coach Reinhardt was on. I'm stunned that we had a couple of players on. I think you're a great representative of what it is that you guys offer in Maryland. So thank you. Thank you very, very much for being on. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. No doubt about it. Let's, let's kind of end it tonight with, and I know we've been talking about recruiting, but let's just talk about maybe some younger guys and maybe it's baseball or football or basketball, whatever it is. It's just young athletes that really enjoy the sport that they're in and they're pretty good and they want to be as good just for as long as they can be good. What, what kind of advice would you give them? Play it until you can't play it anymore. <laughs> you know, regardless if it's through college or recreational, it doesn't matter. If you find something that you enjoy and you find joy out of, you just keep doing it until you can't anymore because there will come a day where you just can't do it anymore. <laughs> and and, uh, and then if you can't play, then find a way to get involved uh, in a different capacity, you know, like coaching. Um, or if you have a son or a daughter or whatever, you know, and through them, live, live vicariously through them if you can. Um, you know, but I think the biggest thing is if, if you enjoy something, and you're passionate about it, you know, keep, keep that alive by doing it as long as you can. And if, um, and if it ever becomes where it's not, then maybe it's time to, to not do it anymore. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of how my thought was on coaching. Cause I didn't know how long I was going to coach. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just go until it's not fun anymore, <laughs> you know? And so far that's not the case. So, I got to tell you, man, from my <laughs> my perspective, I think you're having a ton of fun and I can't imagine you not having fun with this. Let's just yeah. hope that your wife coaches volleyball for a long time. <laughs> I know you're right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or if she goes somewhere big time, you know, maybe that's, <laughs> that's too funny, man. Hey, yeah. again, everyone for being on this evening. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I absolutely appreciate it. Thank you for supporting Now D1, and uh, thank you for supporting Coach Hahn. I'll tell you, tomorrow night, uh, we've got a kind of an interesting night tomorrow night. We've got Adam Battersby on. Adam is the owner of Pro Hitter, and Pro Hitter has been around for many, many years, and it's one of these contraptions that throws batting practice, and it's phenomenal. And, and i got to tell you, it's high-tech. 
I think it's really interesting. And I think that uh, a lot of people are going to enjoy what it is that he has to say. He's been doing this for a, a really long time. So I would ask that you tune in tomorrow night at nine o'clock. We're not going to have a coach. We're not going to have an uncommitted prospect. We're going to have a business owner and we're going to talk about his technology. I think it will be pretty cool. Hey, Coach John, thank you again for being here. And uh, I love what it is that you're representing. I think you got a first-class attitude. I think that your school is phenomenal all the way around. I love the fact that you've only had three coaches and you've got tremendous tradition. Uh, I think you've got a tremendously bright future. You offer what it is that kids want, and I know you're offering what it is that parents want. I have no doubt that you're going to be extremely successful for a long time. I just can't thank you enough for spending a little bit of time with us this evening. I hope you have absolutely enjoyed it. Yeah, this has been great. I, re- I appreciate you um, Let me come on and share some experiences. Hopefully it was helpful for everybody. So no, question, no question about it. I hope that we're, and I can't imagine that we wouldn't be, but I hope we're able to stay in touch. And, man, I tell you what, maybe a year from now or something like that, I'd love for you to come back on and say, hey, hey, let me, let me tell you about what's happening now at ACM. Yeah, sounds great. Love to do it. Awesome. Hey, everyone, thank you so much for being here. We're going to end it here for tonight. So uh, good night. Hey, let me ask you something. Are you ready to dominate at the plate this season? Blast Baseball is the number one hitting improvement solution, trusted by more major league, college, and travel ball teams than any other. The Blast sensor attaches to the knob of any bat, providing real-time feedback with every swing. Metrics are automatically sent to a smartphone app, generating insights that allow you to analyze and improve your hitting like never before. Go to BlastMotion.com and enter code NOWD1 and you will save $25 at checkout. Unlock your potential with Blast.